Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, December the 13th. And today we're checking with our good friend from San Antonio, South Texas, our good friend, George Rodriguez, Cowboys fan number one. Is that true, George? <laughs> I loved I love that game on Sunday. Oh, my yeah. God. And you know they've got a they've got a tough one coming up on Sunday. Yeah. They play Buffalo the and they play at Buffalo. Buffalo. Yep. The Bills are so not that should be uh, that should be got fun. Miami and Miami's looking playing very very well. Yeah, they've got a couple of tough games. Yeah, they've got a couple of tough games given coming up, and Philadelphia plays uh, Seattle next, so that could be a tough game for them too. So uh, I like the way that uh, the Cowboys have positioned themselves. Uh, to maybe potentially win the division and be one of the top two seeds. I think that's that's quite a quite an accomplishment, especially where they were a few weeks ago when many people didn't think that could happen, George. But uh, we'll uh, keep an eye on it. Let me begin by recalling something that happened 23 years ago today. You probably remember this. Uh, the Bush-Gore case was finally settled and... Uh, the Supreme Court said no more recounts, selective recounts, not recounts, selective recounts. And then Vice President Gore went on TV. He conceded. President Bush became president. I think, George, that moment was the birth of a lot of this ugliness that we now have, uh, where you had people basically saying he's not a legitimate president. I mean, George W. Bush had to deal with that for the first term. When he was reelected and won the popular vote, he didn't have to worry about that anymore. But but a lot of that stuff began then and then of course continued with 2016 and, and President Trump. So I think a lot of the bad blood, a lot of the bad feelings and the anger, in my opinion, began that day, George. I, I really do believe that. I believe that um, this whole idea that the Democrats, especially the, the radical left, Democrats, that uh, they have fanned the idea that they're not going to lose again, and that they will do anything possible to avoid losing, including including uh, having mail-in ballots, which uh, clearly, clearly uh, created a, uh, a problem, uh, delegitimizing a president uh, through the media like they did with, with Trump constantly. Uh, it, it, uh, it has reached uh, a very, very dangerous and ugly level. And uh, it is no longer a situation where you accept uh, a loss graciously. It is no longer a situation where you uh, will uh, uh, say, well, the people have actually spoken. There is questioning all the time. And uh, there is uh, a, uh, a bad taste constantly being brought up in uh in in regards to an election so um i i think we've reached a very very uh dangerous a very uh nasty uh point in american politics yes we have i think so because not only as i say that election i think triggered a lot of this that you mentioned you know the illegitimacy the questioning the legitimacy of an election but just the whole the whole point of People, of course, now almost 40% of the public doesn't believe the election results. I mean, you still have people who are very high numbers, I think, scary numbers. Yes. People who don't believe. And, and you cannot have a functional democracy if people question the results. And that's why I think 2024 is so important uh, 
because whoever the Republican is, candidate is more than likely Trump, has got to win by three or four points. I mean, it's got to be outside. It's got to be the kind of election. It can't be. It, it cannot be a, a razor thin situation. No, at all. no that, not at all. Because if that's the case, we're going to go through this thing all over again. And uh, and I, the media, I, the media has got to be uh, dealt with in a manner where they will uh, they they will accept the uh, uh, the election. Uh, unfortunately, we've we, we've had uh, situations now where they are, you know, they have fanned uh, doubt. They have fanned division. Right. Uh, we saw that constantly with the uh, w- with the Trump administration, with the Trump election, and uh, it, it, you know, later on we find out that it is that the media has uh, run with stories that are not that that uh, are false, that are fake. Well, the Russia thing is what comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the number of times that, uh, you know, we had to hear that and and that turned out to be false. So I think something, you know, I'm glad that George W. George w. Bush won the election. But I, I, you know, I think that that opened up this terrible era of uh, questioning elections. And uh, hopefully that ends in 2024. Well, and, I, I, you know, I hope. But uh, at the same time, I, I am not too optimistic because I think that we have reached a point where the far left uh, cares more about uh, delegitimizing de- right. uh, any election that they don't win. That's right. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute when we talk about the universities. But I want to begin uh, or go to a, a very big story here in Texas, and that is this abortion case. And let me tell you my take on it. And then please tell me uh, what you think. First of all, uh, obviously, whenever you have a situation like this, you do have sympathy for the mother and the father. And, you know, I think all of us understand that. But the big, there's two big mistakes here, I think, that were made. And I don't know if the, the lady expecting the baby understood this or she was being used. I don't know that part. But the first mistake was to, to think that a judge could actually approve an abortion in Texas. I mean, I mean, I guess they must think we're still living on the Roe v. Wade. Well, again, because, again, they, they look to activist judges to overturn legislation. Well, that's it. And that and that was my point. That that was not a judge that was picked at random. I mean, no. that was a judge that was exclusively. So the judge says you can have an abortion. She, the judge cannot say that. There's no judge in the state of Texas that can say that. The other big mistake is that if you're going to claim a medical exception, and, and I favor that, by the way, I favor a medical exemption or exception, shouldn't you have a letter exactly. from a doctor that says, exactly. yes, an abortion is necessary? Exactly. Because all we had, George, pardon me for going on too long, but all we had was the doctor saying the baby has a medical problem, whatever it's called, and that probably, maybe, possibly could result in stillbirth or uh, in damage to the baby. But nobody was ever willing to put anything down on paper and say, she needs an abortion, and here's my signature. That's what I think, George. I, I agree. I agree 100%. The, uh, you know, first of all, again, getting back to the judge, the judge does not uh, overrule legislation. Uh, the, the legislature, the state legislature, and this is what was told to uh, all of the abortion 
uh, pro-abortion folks was that the states have legislatures that have been legitimately, legitimately, and we get back to that whole issue again, that have legitimately been elected, and therefore they represent the will of the people. And so if they want to limit abortion or abolish abortion, that is what that is what they can do. And the judges don't have anything to do. That's point one. Point number two is, again, we get to the medical issue. Um, the, the, uh, the fetus, the child, uh, would have been born damaged. The child uh, was in danger. There was no danger of health to the mother. She wanted it done because she does not want an unhealthy baby. I can understand that, but again, that is uh, uh, that is not a health issue to her. Now, the third point that is the big glaring one for me is that uh, if uh, she wants an abortion, she can go to another state. She can easily fly to another right. state. Which I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. And they made it sound like it was the end of the world. Right. But here's the other thing, too, that I was thinking about this. And, and again, these are technical issues, but I think important issues. She is right now 20 weeks pregnant. Uh, so none of most of the states who have this 12 to 15 weeks window would have performed the abortion because she's 20 weeks. But I keep coming back to what I said before. I mean, if if a doctor believes that she has to have an abortion to save her, her life, life or her life, then put it in writing. Exactly. That's my view. Get a get us get uh one or two opinions on it and boom, you've got it. Right. And that's it. Now she went to another state. I I guess for privacy reasons we don't know where. But and that's you know, fine. And that's, that's fine. fine. Let that happen. You know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You go someplace else, you have the abortion, and her problem is solved. But now maybe at the state of Texas and the citizens of Texas have ruled, uh, have have decided this in a state in, in a legislature. Right. She should respect that, just like that's she right. Respect her. She should respect our will. Well, and I really think that judge was very reckless. Oh. Uh, I don't know anything about this judge. I think she's from Travis County, which is close to you, I think. Yeah, well, Travis uh, County is Austin. Yes. <laughs> so I, I don't think I need to know there any more than that. No. But, I mean, how can a judge, uh, you know, support her, her request for an abortion when the judge doesn't have that? That's not one of the powers or one of the options. Yeah, but again, again, they're going to try every everything they can and in hopes that uh, that they can get away with it. Right. Well, it's funny because you're already seeing all kinds of partisan political messages saying we got to replace the Supreme Court. You know, we have to, you know, somehow, you know, change this so that a woman can have an abortion. You know, I think it's fair to say, George, that the legislators who wrote this started on the foundation that Texas was going to be pro-life. And that every effort was going to be made to protect life. And that the benefit of the doubt is always for life. And that uh, if you want to terminate a life through an abortion, you got to have a pretty good argument. I think that's I, I think that's what that's what that's what the law of Texas is. It's a law that favors life, George. Yeah. And and that's that's exactly what it what it is. And 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 we should view it as that and anyone who who opposes that 
needs needs to understand that uh, you know again abortion is the termination of life. That's it. It is. That's... Doesn't matter what how you explain it, how you try to define it. It is the termination of life. That's it. No, that's exactly what it is. And uh, anybody who's ever had children understands that because yeah. your children are what happens when you don't have an abortion. Exactly. So which I know which I one is what you get rid of. That's right. So I that that's it. So I I I I think the Supreme Court ruled correctly, but that judge, I don't think there's anything you can do to that judge. I guess. Uh, no, mock him. <laughs> yeah, I mean just. Talk about them, which is what we're doing. That's right. That's right. Well, let's talk about another very important topic having to do with Texas, and that's the border. We are now at a point where, what was it, 10,000 people came in the other day in one day or something like that? 10,000 last week. In one week or one day? In one week. uh, 1,200 crossed uh, in an hour in in Eagle Pass, 1,200. Wow. And, uh, you know, the and again, these are the ones that have been counted because there are thousands that are entering right now that are not being counted. They are crossing. Right. They are declaring and they move on. And the um, the the Border Patrol is so overwhelmed that they don't even have a time to, to take an accurate count. Right. So and the that's, number the is much that's a real problem because you have all these people coming into the country and they're really defying you know, common sense, because we have no no way of really, you know, housing these people, bringing them in. Look at Chicago, look at New York. I mean, those are two examples of what's going wrong. But it does look like like the Republicans in the Congress are holding together on this. And they're simply saying no border, no border assistance or no border program, no aid to Ukraine. And they're holding to that. They're holding to that, which is a good thing, George. Well, I don't think that they can, you know, I, I don't think that they can afford to uh, look weak on it right now because the border is so out of control because everybody is seeing it. I mean, it is just so out of control. Here, right here in San Antonio at the Migrant Center, uh, people are sleeping out on the street uh, outside of the, the center because it's overwhelmed. It's got so many people. The, uh, the situation that we've got is one where uh, the country is, for lack of better uh, words to use, it's being invaded. The uh, the the num the La- the Latino uh, population, the the number of Latinos that are entering into Eagle Pass, Del Rio, and um, and uh, uh, Brownsville is alarming enough. Without looking at what is happening in Arizona, I've had a couple of people in, uh, on my show that uh, were talking about Arizona. And uh, that's where the world is coming through, Middle Easterners, North Africans. Right. I mean, it is incredible uh, the number of folks that are coming in. And again, we don't know anything about these people. All we know is that they're coming in and asking uh, for asylum and that they want to work. Right. Working because you want to work doesn't mean that you get asylum. And I'm not sure how we're ever going to find them, how we're ever going to uh, adjudicate them. Uh, if we don't even know who their their real names are or where they're going, right? No, it, it, it's a totally. Ins- I mean, it's absolutely insane what's going on on the border. Now, what's interesting to me is that they're going to Arizona, and maybe it's because the word got out that they don't have a Republican governor. 
in Arizona and that, you know, there yeah. it's a little easier to come in. And it is. Because it is. The, 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 uh, the, the, the thing that uh, the uh, uh, barbed wire and the, uh, the legislation, brand new legislation that was passed that allows uh, local law enforcement to arrest them and, and uh, put them back on the bridge. Uh, these things are, these are being, uh, are, are, are having a detrimental effect on people coming across. They are having second thoughts. However, in Arizona, it's Katie by the door. It is wide open. Well, and that's it. And I wonder what's happening in California too. I, I haven't seen those figures or New Mexico, but clearly in those states, you don't have the same, you know, uh, approach that Governor Abbott has of at least, you know, trying to block the to block the border, I think in many states, people, I mean, they just don't, they're basically letting them in. But I, you know, I, I go back to, you mentioned the point, we don't know anything about these people. That's exactly right. But if you're going to come to the United States for asylum, and I understand that, that, that that's okay. I support asylum. But I think there has to be a, a, an orderly way, just as it was, let's yes. say, with my family. There is no order. No, now there isn't, but there's got to be one so that at least you know who the people are, you know why they want asylum. As you indicated, work is not really a good reason for asylum. And also, George, I look at I look at what's happening on the border and I say to myself, my goodness, somebody's making a lot of money here. I mean, somebody moving these people is making a lot of money. I hear stories that they're paying $10,000, $5,000. Where do they get money like that in Haiti? Where do they get money like that in China? Where do they get money like that in Venezuela or Cuba? I don't know too many people in Cuba who have $10,000 to catch a flight to Mexico. <laughs> I mean, it's very it's good question. All very good questions. The other thing is uh, we, just, we just had uh, the uh, incident uh, reported uh, on Tuesday um, or on, on Monday, uh, of a young girl last week that was killed by an illegal alien boyfriend. She was going out with an illegal alien boyfriend who's only been here apparently uh, a couple of years, and uh, she was killed uh, by him. He's on the run. They know who he is. The parent of the uh, the community there knows who he is. They know that he's he's only been here a couple of years. Um, and again. Uh, don't we have enough criminals without importing more 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 criminals? Yeah, it's absolutely true. And and I, I think of the housing problems. I think of, for example, health insurance issues. Uh, you know, these people come over. This is the problem they're having in New York. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, okay, so they get well, sick like normal people do. You get sick or your children get sick. Where do you go? Yeah, at least during the COVID uh, era when we had Title 42, they couldn't come across if they were sick. At this, we don't know if they are sick. We don't know what kind of sicknesses they're bringing. But they're all just crossing. They're being processed, sent in, and that's the end of it. That's right. It's an absolutely irresponsible, completely irresponsible policy by the Biden administration. I've never seen and anything. Yet they want to defend it, and yet they want right. to defend it. I've never seen anything more irresponsible. Let's let's jump to a couple of quick topics. Uh, what did you think of those university presidents? Ah. Did you get the feeling these people are tone deaf? I get the they're they're either tone deaf or extremely arrogant. Yes. I am not sure which one it is. Well, you know, they present I, themselves with titles and with uh, and and uh, 
and talk about their degrees. However, when you when you look at what kind of a degree most of them have, uh, like the uh, president of Harvard, uh, it's a degree in diversity. Well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, it used to be that you would have a degree uh, uh, that would lead to some type, at least uh, a, a type of vocation that where you would create something, you were, uh, you know, you did some kind of research. But diversity, what does that mean? And then the attitude that these people have. Uh, every, th every question that was asked of them, they had to um, couch it in their terms so that they could answer it. Right. Uh, there was no clear yes or no response because uh, they, uh, well, in my mind, you know, they, they have a difficult time seeing reality. Right. Uh, just like when you, I mean, if you were to ask them to define a woman, that would be fun to listen to. Really. I would love that. I wish they had asked that question. And maybe they would have said, well, it depends on. It depends. On, Everything on what, depends. Yeah. But what I find interesting is these three ladies, one of them has already resigned. The other one, well, she ha she's not going to resign. The lady from Harvard is not going to resign. But no, I think yeah, the, Harvard the, the, has the rallying been, around her. Yeah. <laughs> Harvard has been really hurt by all of this. And the other lady from MIT, you know, people are cutting back their donations. And that, that is really the one way of getting back at them. Exactly. But my impression, George, when I saw these ladies was that what you have is almost like these are products of organization where everybody thinks alike. Yeah. I bet you that I, what, I can tell you almost 100% sure who they voted for what they think of Roe v. Wade, what they think. I mean, these people, you know. They're factories. They, these are not universities where you learn critical thinking or where no. you analyze and research. These are factories for liberalism. Factories of indoctrination, liberalism, exactly right. Well, one quick thing, George, I wanted to get uh, Hunter Biden was supposed to be before the House or the and he Senate. Didn't know. He didn't go. He said he wanted to have a public appearance. But I think the way it works, the protocol is you go in in private first and then Correct. you go public. Exactly. So I he, he may be he may be getting a contempt of Congress uh, citation here very soon. Well, again, I think that uh, it it shows the character. It shows the uh, uh, the way that he thinks that uh, I, I really do believe that Hunter believes that he's above the law. And uh, therefore, you know, he's going to play the victim card uh, if they uh, push him. Uh, he already is playing the victim card to a large degree. I, I find it I find it ridiculous. And uh, I, I think that uh, that I hope uh, that the media, I hope that would, uh, people will see it for what it is. That it is contempt. That it is contempt on his part. No, it I, is. And it is. And just his old demeanor today, too, was was incredible. Well, I don't know if they if they voted yes on the inquiry, the impeachment inquiry may be going on right now as we speak. So I don't have a, a definite answer on that. Uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting because it's all going to be one party versus the other. And I right insist, down party lines. Yeah. Yes. And I insist that the founding fathers never thought that impeachment would go down in that fashion. I think they probably thought that, you know, we'll put impeachment in uh, of course, in case we have to. But I don't think they ever thought that it would be a one-party thing. I, I think they, they thought that 
wiser people would come together and, and, and see, at least have some common ground. But this is all about party in the House right now because these districts are so polarized Well, that uh, uh, it's crazy. Silvio, like we talked, I think, last time, last week, like we talked, I mean, uh, a great example was that was that debate between uh, DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and um, Newsom, the governor of California, in right. which DeSantis kept bringing up facts, kept bringing up uh, issues with facts, backing him up, and 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 uh, Newsom uh, kept bringing up ideology, kept bringing up, right. uh, uh, you know, it, it's very difficult to argue uh, with people or to get them to understand law uh, when ideology is what rules them. Well, and that goes back to the abortion case in Texas. That's, right, I mean, right. that judge and all of that was about ideology. It had nothing exactly. to do with the fact that in Texas we have a law exactly. and a judge is supposed to enforce it. Exactly. Nothing like that. She wanted to write her own abortion law, so Correct. she wrote an opinion to that effect. Well, George, as always, uh, great talking to you. Let's uh, hope the Cowboys win and keep winning. <laughs> and uh, that just means we'll have uh, at least next time we get together, we can talk about how they play. play in the snow up there in in the in, uh, in Buffalo. They're going to be playing in the snow. Yes, that, then that's always fun. That The other day I was watching a, a, an old NFL film of the Cleveland Browns playing somebody in the snow. And I have to tell you that that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was fun to watch those guys playing in the snow. I loved it. I loved it. And uh, I, I just thought it was great to watch Jim Brown, you know, dashing through the snow for a touchdown. I just thought that was absolutely great. <laughs> George, have a great day. And thank you so much as always. And we will visit again. You got it. Thank you. Thank you have so much. Our, thank you. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez. We'll probably have George back at least one or, or two more times before the end of the year. Uh, because this situation on the border is interesting and the position that the Republicans are taking, it's a good position. They're, they're sticking together on this, and they should. The situation on the border, look, I think Ukraine is important, don't get me wrong, but I think that you've got to take care of the border, and maybe this is the only way you're going to get President Biden to actually do something about the border by forcing him uh, to do something about the chaotic situation on the border. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.